passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and tight. you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Morning, Chuck. Guys, you ready for the weekend? You better believe it. USA, Razorback Basketball, Championship Saturday. A lot of stuff to watch this weekend, man. That's right. That's right. Got to get your chores done today so you can watch all weekend. Mm -hmm. What do you you guys have to do around the house that's required? I don't even know how much I'm going to be at the house. I got a bunch of basketball to go tend to this weekend, so... uh... I'm going to be on the road a little bit, but I, I'm, I, I want to get everything done and see if I can uh, watch some of this football. Unfortunately, i got a Saturday afternoon game. I'm going to catch up a little bit after the fact. But I'll be around to watch that soccer game. I, I've never planned my day around watching soccer. You're I don't know that I'm gonna, I don't know if I'm planning my day around, but I will have it on. So. Tech, you going to watch it too? I'll probably have it on, yes. I'll watch at it, and if it's compelling, I'll watch it closely. Okay. How about that? That works. See, I got to watch some scoring, though, man. I mean, that's the only thing I don't like about it, Ty. I've got to tell you the truth. There's, uh, you know, they run around for an hour, and, you know, you score once. Yeah. And uh, I realize that's a simplistic <laughs> way to put it. I get that. But I would like a little more action. 90% of our listener base <laughs> just agreed with you, Chuck. I, I, I don't think there's many people, even myself who grew up playing, feels that same way, and that's why people get bored watching it at times. Every time I watch the World Cup, I hear the soccer mom from 15 years ago say, well, it's good exercise. Well, it's I mean, they good. run around all the time. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what you always heard from soccer mom 15, 20 years ago when this thing started was, oh, well, it's really good exercise. And Lord. they do. I mean, these these guys are in great shape. I'll yeah. give them that. Now, they, come they, get an apple slice. Shape. Come get you an orange peel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My. Who, who needs a juice we, box? We've juice box, got anybody? a juice box. <laughs> I've got my minivan warmed up. Don't don't hate on the juice boxes. And I'm slices. not. I'm not. I was a Ty great. Still drinks juice boxes. I love juice boxes. No, my my dad was a uh, a fan favorite and a player favorite because he always we play in like ninety a hundred degrees and he always brought these like this 
cooler full of ice towels that he would <laughs> wow. shove full of towels yeah. in. So I was always the I normally the bring kid a cooler that, too, but it's that's not something for else. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we had a water hose when I was, you know, younger. We didn't do okay. things like and you that. You were the first to drink. It was warm. That's and exactly it right. Like rubber. <laughs> that's well, right. It tasted like warm, warm, hot rubber water at the start. All right. Before we get to the football conversation you had with <laughs> Coach on Wednesday and talk a little basketball as well, there's a really good piece by Jeff Borzillo on ESPN.com about this team. I do have a question for you, too. So I'm driving on Saturday. You mentioned your plans, Tommy, or Tommy, you, with the basketball, Chuck. I know you'll obviously be on call for the game on Saturday. I'm going to <coughs> Stuttgart for a wedding. Now, I was asked last night by my buddy Doherty if I wanted to wear his duck tie to this wedding in Stuttgart, the duck capital world. Y'all think I could pull off a duck tie at this wedding? Come well, on. Give it a shot. Give See what shot. happens. You You'll think, find Tom? out where you stand with a bride's family when you wear a tie like that. <laughs> He's more worried where he stands with the bridesmaids, I think. Yeah, there's... Well, well fair enough. Hey, if the bridesmaids like it, you'll be okay. Chandler's got some cute bridesmaids down there, so I think it'll be a, I think it'll be fun. I just didn't know if I... Chuck, if this was one of those things where I'd fit in by wearing it or I'd be a cast out because they're like, what's this city kid wearing a duck tie for? Well, don't act like it's the first time you've been a cast out. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> you know, put the tie on. Just put it on? What do you put mean? it on and go. Put it on and go. That'd be my advice. I, my guess is better than anything else you have planned. So I'd go I with actually it. have this dapper blue suit with the great undershirt that I was going to whip out. But if the duck tie Sounds is going like a on, to I'm me. just going to wear a, a white shirt and that duck tie. Wear the tie. Wear the, wear tie. the tie. Okay. Yeah, do it. Looks do like it. I'm wearing the tie then, it sounds like. Before we talk football, let's talk to a couple of our listeners this morning. JR is in Shady Grove. JR, what's going on, man? Hey, guys. How are y'all doing this morning? Good, brother. JR. Good. Hey, listen, What is at what point do we have um, a governor, governing body in athletics or some conference that, that is going to step in and try to reel in all this uh, free agency that's going on? Because it seems to me, you know, right now we have players that are opting out <clears throat> uh, across the country for the bowl game. What what's to keep a, a player from opting out? Say during the during the season, you know, they lose three games, and you know their, their projection is not to make the playoff. Is there anything in place to keep that kid from not happened. playing the rest of the season? It's already happened. I mean, SMU had a bunch of kids that. Didn't you chose not to play uh, part of the year, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, Jamar, is that is that that's just going to destroy college football, is it not? I mean, if you keep, I mean, all it takes, I mean, that that to me is destroying the whole outlook for the fan base because at that point you have the money and the NFL projection deciding the future of that football program. I'll give I'll give you another example. So Jamar Chase, remember 2019 LSU wide receiver, him and Justin Jefferson were playing out of their minds. Jamar shot out the COVID year, didn't play at all. And he, of course, is one of the best wide receivers in the National Football League, didn't affect him at all. But that's another, that's the example that I can point that's close to home, SEC kid. I mean, does it, is it a conference? Is is Greg Sankey or any of these conference leaders? I mean, obviously the NCAA is, is just a, just a name, but I mean, is it is it possible that a conference can step in and say, you know what, uh, you're not set out a year. This NIL money's not doesn't need to be distributed up front. You know, once you complete the season, you get it. I mean, how does that need? To, I mean, ultimately, it's going to destroy college football. Mark Emmert, hey, JR, that's a great question. Mark Emmert sets down July of next year, June or July of next year. I'm forgetting the month. 
and there's really this gap of who's going to take that mantle. He's not dealing with it. He's on his way out. Why would he try and mess with that? He's six months away from sitting on a beach somewhere. So I don't know who that next guy is going to be. Some have pointed to Greg Sankey taking a more substantial role, but I mean, is that is he yeah. is he relinquishing power from going to the SEC well, to that job if he did that? I, I don't. I, I don't think it really matters whether Mark Emmert's in there, Greg Sankey, or whoever it is. I mean, this is not uh, this is not going away. Uh, let's not act like this is going away. The transfer portal's not going away. NIL's not going away. Um, there may be a few rules attached to it. I mean, for example, they've already enacted a, a portal period, you know, if you want to use that term. But uh, this stuff's not going away. Let's not act like that, you know, if you get the right guy in there that – suddenly all this is going to change. This has been decided by the courts. This has been decided by the courts. This is not something where one guy can just walk in and go, well, we're not going to do it this way anymore. Players and the rules in place that, you know, if you, you've, you've, you've got that four-game thing in there, and that's when a lot of those guys down there at SMU said they were leaving. They left before they played in that fourth game and maintained the year of eligibility. And Look, players have never been more empowered than they are right now. We talk for years and years and years. Well, the players ought to get paid. Well, now they're getting paid. Now they, you know, you've got your system now. But here's the thing about the transfer portal: it's entertaining. Fans love it. It's like free agency in pro sports. You don't like it when one of your guys leaves, but you know Arkansas is going to host some guys this weekend that played football at other places last year. We're not going to care at all about the transfer portal if they say. You know, or we're not going to gripe about the transfer portal if they say, hey, I'm coming to Arkansas. So the thing about the portal is the first week you're losing everybody, and then after a weekend like this one, you start getting guys in. I think Arkansas may very well get a commitment or two from transfers this weekend. And so you lose some, and then you get some back. Remember when Kelly Bryant visited during the Chad Morris era? You know, we thought the Pope had come to town. I mean, it was amazing yeah, what you're right. the, the you're treatment right. Kelly Bryant – and that was – in the what I would call the the early, early days of the transfer portal. And, you know, we didn't mind uh, rolling out double rolls with no. red carpet that weekend. That's a great point. And I think for this basketball team, does anyone think the last two years would be the way they were if the transfer portal wasn't a thing? Audis Tony, Stanley Mude, Trey Wade, and then two years ago, Jalen Tate, Justin Smith. Well, you don't have the beyond same that, though, I mean, beyond that, though, it's just entertaining. It's just entertaining. I, I, I think fans like it. Um, it's, it's, as we've talked before, it's like the hot stove league. It's definitely a changed in college football. But I tell you the one thing it, for me in my mind is done is the old four year rule for a coach to get his program established, get his players in all these things that's out the window. Oh no, no, no. You've got a, uh, uh, I mean, as we've seen, it can happen in two years, right? It can happen in one year. But oh. I mean, I think you've now, I do think this, I will say this for the quick triggers, um, I do think if you're a good AD, you know when you've got a good one and you know when you've got a bad one. Doesn't mean every hire you make is going to be a home run. You know, guys are going to make bad hires from time to time. But if you're a good AD, you know pretty quickly. It's easy to tell if you're there every day what trajectory you're on. And so, um, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think the. I don't think the four-year plans, you know, it's in place maybe a few places, but, man, not where they really value winning. Yep. Let's talk to Michael this morning. Michael, good morning. Hey, Ty and Tommy. How you guys doing? It's Chuck. Good morning. Um, thank you. Hey, um, so I just had a question. You know, 
Uh, I haven't really watched soccer a lot as well. And I was wondering, um, I thought that was during the summer before you, so is it different this year? This for you? On the on the World Cup, it is uh, so the United States was not in it four years ago. They did not qualify. They lost uh, to this crummy team on this crummy field. I'm forgetting, but now they're actually participating this year, and that's why people are actually excited or somewhat excited. People paying attention, but yeah, it's the same format. It's just a different place in Cutter. They usually play in the summer, but because it what, what did you say it was going to be 120, 130 yeah, in Cutter? Like, yeah, yeah, they can't play that in the summer. That's why it's kind of unorthodoxly placed. I don't know. I'm assuming it'll be in the summer, the United States and North America, but I don't know that for a fact. It'll be warm. I'm sure it'll be warm. But it but normally, be, you're right. Normally, the time of the year that it's played is about three months earlier than it is this year. It won't be in the fall. Again, the, they play the Netherlands. Some, some prince over there uh, decided that it was going to interrupt his uh, oil drilling, so they uh, moved it to uh, November. Okay. Can the U.S. beat the Netherlands, Ty? What's the deal on that? Good they thing. Got a shot? You know what? Matt will tell you more today, but Netherlands don't have a great scoring attack, and that kind of plays in the U.S. hand because they've been good defensively this tournament. So they actually have a chance to advance, at least to the quarterfinals. Now, past that, you play Argentina probably, and Lionel Messi, who's the equivalent of... Uh, I don't I'm know. familiar with him. Yeah, yeah he's I mean, good. He's incredible. He's one of the best soccer players in the world. So you might have tough past that, but they can win today. I just... This group... Last thing on soccer, at least in this hour. This group is all young right now. They'll be in their primes in four years when they'll play here, yeah. which is good to look forward to. Who, who's the defensive coordinator? Who, who do we need to yell at today? Yeah. If, Greg Bertalter is the morning. head coach. Yell, just scream. They need a new offensive coordinator. Yeah, they They're do. not scoring enough, man. Fire that guy. They do. Christian Pulisic, Captain America, he was the one that put it in last game. He has – did what was it? What did I tell you it was, Tommy? It was a uh, – Pelvic contusion. Yeah, uh, I I hope his pelvic contusion is okay for tomorrow. Yeah. He said he's going to play Kicked in the nether region. Yeah, the the Netherlands, if you will. All right, last that's the last thing on soccer for a bit. Chuck, football wise, you had coach on with you Wednesday night. Last Sam Pittman live of the year. I mean, you tell me, is the best news that he's gotten thus far is Jordan Dominic's coming back for another year. Well, I think you know. I guess in terms of the portal, yeah. But, I mean, again, that kind of goes back to you lose guys for a week and then guys start announcing they're coming back or you got a new guy coming in or, you know, I think that, you know, begins to balance out. But, yeah, that's a, you know, that's a that's a big keep. I mean, it's a guy that had six and a half sacks last year and seven and a half tackles for loss. So, um, you know, I think there's going to be some things to be excited about as we move through the coming days. This is the first weekend when – um, you know, teams are going to have, uh, you know, teams are going to have guys in. I mean, Arkansas is, you know, they're going to host official visitors beginning tonight. Yep. As I said a minute ago, some of these guys played football at other places. So, um, you know, it's, um, it's an important time. But, yeah, getting Jordan Dominic back is a big deal. Cameron Ball said he was coming back. <laughs> I didn't know redshirt freshmen announced whether or not they were coming back, but I guess that's why, you know, it's where we are now. But he, uh, well, he announced that he did, and, and he's a good player. What do we do with players that don't say anything? Do we just assume they're coming back? Should that just be our assumption? Is that how we operate now? Well, yeah. I mean, there's the, uh, you know, they they pretty much let you know when they're leaving now. Yeah. You know? I, I, and, I think that's uh, the, the assumption you take. Perhaps there was, an, and I didn't hear about it, perhaps there was some talk he might go somewhere else. I don't know. But um, both those guys are good players. And, again, I think, I think when this weekend's over, 
I think there's going to be some. Uh, I think there's going to be some more good news come down the pike, and I think that as we move through the coming weeks, our program and every program uh, will begin to see new players come into the fold. And it's a lot more. You know, you like the portal a whole lot better when guys are coming in than when guys are going out. And I just think the way the system's set up, uh, it's going to be a few days before that starts happening. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you're in the real estate market, if you're someone who's looking to sell your home, if you're looking to buy a home, if you're looking to Uh, Just move. Uh, I can tell you that Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, uh, those are the folks you need to talk to. Because, you know, when when you get into this, when you find yourself in a buying or selling situation, understanding the market's important, and it seems to change a lot. You need a pro on your side. You need someone who understands the art of negotiation. You need someone who understands how to get you from contract to close. Because at the end of the day, in a real estate transaction, that's where you want to be. You want to be there at that table. You want to sign those papers. You either want to move into the house or you want to get your money. And that's what they help you do at Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. That was my experience, and I think that'll be your experience, too. They've got an office in Fayetteville. There's another one in Springdale. They've got an office in Bentonville, Fort Smith, Branson, Missouri. And you can log on to Weicker Realtors or WeikerGriffin.com. You talked a lot of logistics on Wednesday night. I know Coach Pittman and the rest of the staff are going to be out as of today with the dead period ending. Chuck, kind of, what does that look like for this staff in the coming weeks? Well, you know, this week it's, you know, you've got official visits. You've got guys in. And uh, there's going to be a lot of in-home stuff. Um, you know, there was a time when, you know, we would play LSU back in the old days on Friday, for example. And there'd be other games on Saturday. And then the recruiting live period, as it's called, would begin on Sunday. And um, just as an aside, for those who've always wondered, why don't you have a coach's TV show after the last game, is because for years and years and years, that's kind of the way we did it because Coach Petrino and, you know, the coaches beyond that, they'd hit the recruiting trail the next day. Well, now it's different because now – after you play that last game, you got to come back home and you got to figure out who's leaving and who's not. You know, these exit interviews used to be a coach saying, you know, we need you to do this. We need you to do that. you got to get better right here in this area over the next three months. Now it's like, hey, do you want to come back? Um, I mean, things have, things have changed in that regard. So you need to be on campus three or four days. They've been here all week. They'll have visitors this week. They start fanning out and um, – You'll be blending in-home visits with official visits and bowl stuff and all kinds of things are going to be going on. You know, it's always an adapt-or-die world, but it feels like it's more critical to adapt or be diminished in college football more right now more probably more than any time in our lifetimes. No doubt about it. I mean, no doubt about it. The landscape's changed. He said something Wednesday night that is true. It's always been true to an extent, but I think it's especially true now you're recruiting your team every day. And there are specific times of the year when you recruit them a little bit harder than maybe you did the day before. Um, you know, portal time. There's just certain times of the year when a coach now has to really re-recruit his team. But he made the point that with the way things are now in the world where the grass is always greener, you're recruiting your team that you have now and the future team that you want every day. Every day. And you almost have to have an attitude that you're in recruiting mode 24-7. That's got to be exhausting. I mean, well, it's I'm mentally, sure it is. mentally exhausting. That's why these guys make the big money. Oof. Because there's a lot more to it than there used to be. 
it may not be enough. I mean, I know five well, is a lot, but it may as, not be as, enough. As, as, as Coach Boyles always said, whatever you pay a good one's not enough. Whatever you pay a bad one's too much. Yeah, probably so. That's, that's a pretty good phrase. So where do we need to adapt as a football program? We're not dead. We're not thriving, yeah, I would say. Go get say. better play. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you mean by adapt. In the NIL sphere, in the transfer portal, I mean, we're talking about this. We saw Nick Saban adapt from the offense he used to run to what he's running now and how that's changed, how he's recruited. Where is Arkansas behind as a football program and team that we have to get better at? you got to go get better players. Yeah. What else? got to go get better I, players. I, but I, I mean, I feel like that's an easy answer. Where, where's somewhere well, it is not? an easy answer. I mean, it is an easy answer. It's just hard to implement. Yeah. See, I don't know where we stack up in the world of the NIL. And I, there's no box score to pull out to say, hey, Arkansas's got enough money to compete. I mean, if you're behind the, the, the four walls over there, you've got a feel for that. But, you know, is that an area where, you know, you go on the recruiting trail for more people that are willing to participate in that or, or donate money to that collective? Or I, and I don't even have a great feel for how all the, the real finer points of it work. But, Chuck, that, that's an area now where uh, – you know, I don't know who's responsible for for recruiting those people to to help fund that, but you know, is Arkansas on a on a level playing field with with the middle of the SEC? Well, I mean, you know, you 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 still run into a lot of the things that you run into in what I would call you know the old days of normal recruiting. I mean, it still boils down to you know how many people are in your state. You know, what kind of metropolitan centers do you have? Um, you know, we've got basically two economic engines in our state right now um other states have multiple economic engines that's more people more money more uh, um you know more more folks theoretically that can that that can fund that program for you we're still a poor state by comparison and i don't think that it's realistic to believe that our nil pot's going to be as big as maybe somebody else's i mean it's uh um you know, this is a system where the rich are going to get richer and the poor are going to get poorer. And that's just, that's the reality of it all. The, you know, the idea that there's a simple solution, I, I'm not sure that that's the truth anymore. See, I, I don't know, and I think it's, it's, it's interesting from afar to watch, but delicate of you right there. How do you balance what goes into this pot over here for NIL and what the foundation has yeah. been counting on to, you know, to fund coaches' contracts and everything else that has to go on up there? I mean... There is there is a limit to the money. We, you know, we sometimes think the money is unlimited, but it, the reality is we we really know it's not. That there's some competition behind the scenes. I would imagine for what money's going where. Well, you know, you <laughs> the reality is you got to pay them all. Yeah, I know. I mean, you can't pit coaches' salaries against what you got to put in the NIL. I mean, it's it all works together. You you're not going to be good if, if if you're not solid in both areas. When's the year that we see a player make more than his head coach? When are we going to see that? Oh. Are we far? Is that closer well, I than we think? think? Uh, you know, if you want to get into actual salary and what they made this past year off football, Deion's son made more than he did. If he made a million dollars, he made more than his Shadir, dad did this year. The, the, the kid I'm thinking of is Nico Ilmovleva, or however you say his name. He's a kid coming into Tennessee I from bet it's California. Not like that. Yeah, it's probably not like that. <laughs> He's the kid that's coming from California to Tennessee. He was valued, I think, at seven million. His NIL evaluation. I don't know what Heupel's making there, but I think it's going to be close. That's the kid that I point to. I think Bryce Young. So where, I mean, that's my. Where does all the money come from? I mean, it, it, there is a limit. The only thing is a bottomless point. pit. 
Social media influence has a lot to do with it. Basketball is back, and Bet Online is your number one source. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB. MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Tommy, you asked a good question in our SEC update the other day about your expectations that they changed for these first couple games. And I'm going to be honest, I think this team's gelled quicker than anyone thought. I, I did not expect this this yeah, early. I'd say they're ahead of schedule, and, particularly without Nick Smith, yeah, for the most, that, other than six minutes the other night. And we'll, we'll see how that goes. But based on that, has that changed your opinion on this team? Kind of like Jeff is bringing up, you're adding well, what's presumed to be the best college basketball prospect back to your team now in the coming weeks. Chuck, for me, I think it just reaffirms my belief. I, I think this is a Final Four team. I don't know that it is, but I, I'm pretty sure that it's on the you know that list of 10 or 12 teams you consider for the Final Four right now. Well, it could, I mean, it can make, you know, it, they can be that good, yes. There's, there's no doubt about that. Now, they're going to have to re-gel with Nick Smith coming back. You're gonna have to regel because you're gonna have to find a way to, you know, make this all work with, you know, as you're saying, what a lot of people are thinking is one of the best players in the country on your roster. So, um, I like where they are. You know, it goes back to what we were talking about a minute ago. The simple answer is you got to go get better players. Yeah. That is the simple answer. It's always but we the see answer. in it's always we the see answer. in basketball. We see in basketball. I, I'm, I mean, that's that's what it's about. I mean, you got to have better players. And um, right now, when you look at Arkansas's basketball roster, they've got better players than just about everybody they're going to play. Well, you know, as great as Nick Smith is, and, and, and I'm not doubting his greatest, that first shot he took the other uh, night <laughs> might be the worst. Yeah, he kind of rushed that, didn't he? <laughs> might be the say? worst of his He was career. a little excited. Chuck, he what did you excited. say after that? I didn't, I didn't listen to that specific call. I don't call. recall. I, I think I just called the play. I mean, I, you know, we said, obviously, he was – he was a little jacked up. I, I don't remember exactly what we said. I can see Z being like, oh, he's a little rusty, Chuck. He's a little rusty. Yeah. Mel, but the deal with Nick is, Tommy, you refed him in high school. I got a chance mm-hmm. to watch him play. We had Coach Johnny Rice on this show of North Little Rock, and we've had people that have watched him play, not just in the high school ranks, but the AAU ranks, UYBL. Kid's unselfish. You can't say that yep. about some star. Like, and he plays defense. Two things that stand out about this kid. He, a lot of guys don't do that anymore. This kid plays both ways, did in high school, does now, and he's unselfish. I mean, I, I watched this kid not take a shot for like five minutes first time I saw him play. All he's trying to do is get his teammates involved. And then eventually he took over because he could. But I think that's also a key part of this is you don't have this ball hog, ball dominant guy. He's going to pass the rock like they've been doing at this point. Well, when you're rated as highly as he is, you know, when you get into the top 10 players in the country, you don't have ball hogs. You don't have guys on there that are bad players. You don't have guys that can't play defense. You don't have selfish guys. That's what makes you a great player. That's why he's considered what he is, is because he's a complete player. And uh, that's what you get, generally speaking, when you get a guy that's this highly rated. I mean, 
Uh, these are the guys that we've watched Duke get. These are the guys we've watched other schools get, to be very honest about it. And so, um, you know, we're kind of in uncharted. I mean, we've never had three McDonald's All-Americans on a team like this before. I, I mean, we've we've never had a collection of talent like this in basketball before. But all these guys, you look at the three All-Americans, the three McDonald's All-Americans, they can do everything. They're all the same player you described. You're not a McDonald's All-American if you can't do all that. You don't get to be that kind of player just by scoring. you got to be a complete player. I think about Ohio State last year when they had Garrett Wilson, first-rounder, Chris Olave. I think he also went first round, and Jackson Smith and Jigma. As a defensive coordinator, you had to figure out each game who you were going to leave on your worst corner or worst defensive back. Defensive coaches or coaches are going to have to figure out who are they going to let go off. It's going to be Anthony Black. It's going to be Nick Smith. It's going to be Ricky Council because well, they've each shown to this point – that they can go for 20 in any given night. I guess Nick hasn't per se, but we know he has the capability to. I think that's also just a huge part is those three guys can give you 20 at any point, any given time. All the all all, all three of those guys can take over a game. I don't know that any coach is going to say, well, we're going to let this guy go off. I don't think that's going to happen. I think you'll see a lot of different – I think you'll see a lot of different things during the course of this season trying to stop this team offensively. Guys are going to zone them. They're going to match up out of it. Uh, some teams will play man-to-man. Some teams won't be able to. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's a uh, – you're going to have a hard time figuring out how you're going to defend this team. You mentioned – uh, Go ahead. I was going to say, you mentioned the three All-Americans, Chuck. Arkansas also – I was telling Tommy this earlier. They got five guys in the mock draft right now on ESPN.com. Trevin – Ricky, A.B., Nick, and then also Jordan Walsh. What's the most, I mean, is it three guys drafted in one round? Is that the extent that Arkansas, I mean, can you imagine for Musselman recruiting having five guys drafted over the course of the NBA draft? I mean, that would be huge for recruiting. Makes a big difference. I mean, this is, you know, again, this is the area where, you know, this is the world Duke's lived in. This is the world Mm -hmm. lots of, you know, lots of other programs have lived in. It's new to us. Um, but this is, if you're going to be a top five, top ten program in basketball, I mean, this is, this is where you got to be. Now, you know, having the best players doesn't guarantee you that you're going to win the whole thing. And you can have the best players and the best coach. I mean, and um, you're not going to win it every year. Things have to gel right. you got to get some breaks. And hopefully you don't play somebody in the tournament that's hotter than you are. But, um, yeah, this is that type team, no doubt about it. Which is going to make it even more bitter if you don't at least get to the Final Four. I don't know if it's national championship or bus stuff here, but I think it's, I don't know, I don't even know if you say Final Four or bus, but, boy. I think it, it's Elite Eight. I don't I, know. I've, I, I, always, I think it's too early to say, but, I mean, just things I don't can say bust on anything. I All mean, right, crazy but, things can happen. Right, I mean, I've but, seen, I mean, we had a good Razorback team with Todd Day that lost in the second round one year. Nobody could believe it, but that just happens. It just happens. You need some luck. All these sure, championship that's, teams. That's what I was and, saying. I mean, you, I mean, you got to catch a break. You had, this team rarely wins that event anyway. You had luck the past two years. You played, and we mentioned this yesterday, you played teams that were the lower seed. I lower C, higher C, however you want to say it. You need that again this year. What that I said, I'll keep saying it. Goal is to get to Kansas City, Missouri for that Sweet Sixteen Elite Eight because you will pack that place out. You love that home field advantage on your side too. You do want to go where the ball goes in. That's all I wanted to go. Go somewhere where you can score the basketball. First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. 
First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. College football playoff expanding to 12 teams starting in 2024 to the 2025 season. Now, we were speculating on, will that cause Oklahoma and Texas to move up their timeline joining the SEC? Something we'll get back to later on. But, guys, what do you want to see within this 12-team playoff? What particulars, what rules, how they go about putting it together? Well, I think they've solved some of this. Conference champions are going to get priority as they should. They're going to have a non-Power 5 highest-ranked team that's guaranteed a spot but chuck i still think the priority should be i don't know maybe get the best teams in america on there that maybe that should how be about that yeah how about, how about we just put the best 12 teams in the country one through 12 on there and see what happens well you know i do like the idea of protecting the conference champions you've got to do something i mean the whole thing you know part of your structure over the years has been your conferences and so you know, you've 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 got to have conference champions in there, but these are the four highest ranked conference champions. It's not every conference champion, so um, you're going to get the best teams in there. I'll put it this way: you're, um, you know, we're going to debate who the 13th and the 14th and the 15th teams are, but those teams aren't going to win the national championship. We need a 16 team playoff, guys. That's what's wrong with the sport. You know, I can hear it now. That's that's the next uh, conversation coming. So. Hey, I can remember 20 years ago uh, doing a show similar to this and talking, well, it's coming. One of these days there's going to be a playoff. One of these days it's going to be, uh, you know, what everybody wants. And they finally figured out a way to do it. And I think I don't, I don't, I don't have any problem structurally with what they're doing. I don't, there's nothing in there that jumps out at me. I wish we'd go back to the old way of figuring out who goes in there by, you know, taking the polls and taking the computers and kind of, putting it together i know they want a committee that has all the power but um i think the old way did a better job consistently of doing it because it it diminished the bias of one individual yep well here's the thing though and i mean yes that's a good argument but when you go through a period where computers make all your decisions and then it spits out something that you wonder how it is well i want the human touch i i I mean i want the eyeball test but the computers are only a fraction of it i mean the polls were combined and averaged and the the polls are 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 human opinion had the hate ap poll harris poll and but you don't know that you don't know that these people aren't utilizing a lot of that stuff themselves i mean not everything's just just because you've got a committee Pardon me. Well, what's the committee using? They're they're looking at what the computers are spitting out as far as metrics and data. That's my point. Is 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 that you know each individual? I mean, each individual does their own research. I'm sure. Um, but I, I don't. Uh, um, I think there's systems. I mean, I mean, you can nitpick if you want, but I mean, I think I, I you know I think more oftentimes than not they get it right. Give me a time outside of '04 where Oklahoma got clocked by USC, where you felt like the BCS did a disservice to college football and put the wrong two teams in the championship. If you can think of well, one I of the top of your head, help me because I, 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 but that's I mean, what I, I'm, I don't. That's what I'm pointing to, like. The BCS did it. The, the issue with the BCS was not the fact that it was computer combined with human. It's the fact there was only two teams. I mean, that's that, that was the issue. Now we have four. 
I mean, I, I said as soon as it as soon as they put the college football playoff committee together, they need to use the BCS. They just do four teams. They need to use the BCS for twelve teams because it's a combination of computer and human elbows. I don't not, agree with that. It's not I don't one. Agree with that. It's not the other. It's both. And mm. again, if if it was that bad, right, then it would be easy to, you know, what it was this team that should have got. But there's one. There's one instance that you can think of where you're like BCS screwed up. Auburn should have been in 04. Because USC destroyed Oklahoma, but if you can't, like, if we can't think of one, then that that well, means what's what is the committee done that's messed it up? I think people don't know what the committee uses every single year. They change up their form. They change up their philosophy. Well, do you know what was going into the computers? It I mean, would, we don't know what was no. going into that. Look, I think you make a decent argument. I, I, I don't think the BCS screwed it up, but I don't think the committee screwed it up either. The com- the computer had six rankings. It was like the Sagarin rankings, the it's, I think the hat rankings. That I know exactly. What it was, yeah. I mean, There's it was eight, six, like eight, and they, they averaged the yeah, computer. Yeah, the Harris so. Poll, the AP Poll, and the six rankings that went into the computer. Third, third, third. I mean, I can't tell you everything they used, but I can tell you it was like six or eight of them. But I mean, I understand well, what you're saying, but I'm not sure what you're arguing. I, I'm, I, I mean, what's the committee done that screwed it up? I, I'm, I mean, what's the committee done that makes you say, "Well, we got to go back to the old way"? Well, the issue is we don't know what what constitutes a college football playoff team every year. My, my only issue is we got 12 people versus 65 in one poll and six what 128. Well, and I just say this discussion inter- proves yeah. this discussion proves that no matter what they do. There's going to be people that think there's a better way. I I, th- I think this is going to be fine. I think this is going to be fine. I, I don't think the committee to this point screwed up. I think it's <laughs> until, the okay, until the Razorbacks are thirteenth. Until the Razorbacks are thirteenth. Well, back, but they, well, it's a flawed you know, system. If, no, it's not a flawed system. If you're thirteenth and you don't get in, get better and get twelfth. I mean, I I just. Uh, um, I hope I we're having that discussion. I, I think we're arguing about nothing. Well, all right, that's your Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at redriverdodge.com. This hour of Chuck Barrett on the Morning Rush is presented by Baxter Health. Compassionate care beyond measure. You know, I got sent this list yesterday from the USA Today Sports Network that had their all-SEC teams. And there were three names that didn't surprise me that made the list. Rocket Sanders, Ricky Stromberg, and Drew Sanders. But there was one surprise. Any guesses on who made this all-SEC team that might surprise some people without looking? No guesses. Well, I looked at it earlier. No guesses. Who is it? Hudson Clark as a first-team all-SEC guy on defense from the USA Today Sports Network. He had a better season than he got criticized for. I can say that. And he, in a, in a lot of ways, you know, I don't say saved the season, but when Arkansas was thin and had injuries and Barry Odom didn't have a lot of options, he was the guy you could count on to go out and at least give you everything he had. He's a football player. I mean, he's a guy that you put at corner, you put at safety, and um, he's not an All-American. I guess according to these guys, he's all SEC, and you can't argue with that. He's, um, he's given them everything he's got. And, you know, the one thing that I think coaches value is consistency in a player. Not every player is an All-American. You can't develop every player into an All-American. You know, coaches say, we're going to turn a three-star into a four-star. Well, sometimes you can't do that. Sometimes that's what he is. And um, But 
you can be the same player in terms of effort and attitude. You can do all that the same way every day. And, um, you know, he's that kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think Arkansas, we talked about which area needs the most improvement. Well, I think the secondary is one of those one of those places. But Hudson Clark, for what he's given you and what he's been asked to do, I, I think is a good one. The question is, how do you – you know, how do you get more of these guys on this list? And back to what we've talked about all morning, you, know, you just got to get better players. And uh, uh, I think that's what this portal will bring you. I think it's an area they'll focus on is trying to fill some of those gaps in in the secondary. No doubt about it. I mean, no doubt about it. I think that, you know, when we tend to focus on pass coverage when you talk about secondary, yeah, that's a big part of it. But, you know, if you watched much college football Saturday, there's, you know, we're not the only team out there that's, fan base is screaming you got to tackle him um you know that's uh it's tough you know these these receivers and these backs that these offensive coordinators get out in space i mean they're tough to tackle one-on-one and so i think that's an area from a tackling perspective that you've got to focus on just as much as a as a pass coverage area so we're talking about draft picks potentially for this basketball team they could maybe get five with the guys we listed earlier how much do they use that in recruiting on all SEC lists? I mean, when they walk into a young man's house. Talk about football or yeah, basketball? for football. When they walk into a young man's house and they say, so-and-so is on this, so-and-so is on that. I mean, is that something that's pretty prevalent when Sam yes. and company walk yes, in? Yes, absolutely. I mean, you talk about every positive thing you can find. <laughs> and if you got all, if you got guys on all teams, yeah, you talk about it. Here's what we can do. That's your resume as a coach, right? I mean, that's... That's your calling card. I mean, Sam Pittman, as an offensive line coach, used to uh, give the number of the stat that I think everyone that ever started for him at least had a an invite to a camp and had a free agent signing in the NFL. So if you, you know if you're good enough to to earn a starting role for Sam Pittman, then then you got to play. That that that's your well, resume. One 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 thing about it when you go out on these recruiting trips now with a lot of them. You can talk about all these all teams. You can talk about all the things you've done, the development, and how they're going to love you, and all that stuff. And then the last question you're going to get asked is, okay, what's the deal? And um, so, I mean, you know, you got to factor all that in, too. Yeah, you you brought up NIL a bunch of times, and I I know that's going to be a conversation that Sam Pittman has. I think he's in Ashdown today with Shamar Easter, if I remember reading that correctly. But I do wonder, so last year's really easy. Nine and five, bowl win. We're on the right track. This nine year, and four. nine and four. Excuse me. This year, six and six. Got to wait and see what this bowl game does. Where they end up, if they win or not. How do you tinker that message a little bit? Because it has to be. It's not the same message you had last year. It can't be because you end your season a different way. How does that message get tinkered a little bit? Well, I think the one thing that you have to understand in recruiting is that you know. It's not like, you know, you're a salesman and you're spending the whole day making cold calls. Um, People you've never met before. Everybody that's like, for example, there's going to be a player in here this weekend that's leaving a school in the SEC. He was committed to Georgia when Sam Pittman was there. And when Sam Pittman came here, he went somewhere else. And now he's in the portal. And my point is, is that there's a connection somewhere. And so... I think you've already made a connection with these kids now. And um, I'm not saying that you're not in a position of strength when you're 9-4 and four as opposed to when you're 6-6, six and six, but 
it's still about the relationship. I think most coaches will tell you the key to recruiting, if you want to just break it down to brass tacks, is you want that kid, you want to make it almost impossible for him to tell you no. Mm-hmm. You want to make it really hard for him to tell you no as a person. And um, so I think we get hung up sometimes on what's the pitch, what do you say. Look, everybody out there, you get a good salesman, I mean, you know, that's, that's why people are good salesmen. They can go out there and, you know, they can sell. And these guys are all good salesmen. So I think a lot of it has more to do with relationships maybe than what your pitch is the first time you're in the home. And I think they're on those earlier. I mean, I just, you know. I do, too. We, we, I do, too. We've got some knowledge and just because we, we know the family, that with the Archer kid down at, and both of them really down at Greenwood. And, you know, those, those are schools that have been talking with him and communicate with him. And he, he might be an exception to the rule because he's considered the number one quarterback in the 26th class. But I can promise you it's not just Arkansas. It's it's Michigan. They've offered him. And you can go down the list of schools. He's got four or five D1 offers. You know, they're, they're sending stuff. I promise you Kendall Browse is is doing his job and make it, like, like Chuck said, making it hard for – for, for they're them texting to say no. them and writing them Absolutely. letters. Absolutely. So I mean, every single day. I mean, all think of about them. That. You're a grown man, and your job is to make sure you're communicating with a 15 year old kid. It's the number one thing you might have to do today. The number one thing. So you are you playing Call of Duty so you can talk about war zones? Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 You got to get yes. in the world. You do that. You do that. As a coach, funny. if you're a 55-year-old coach, you better know what's number one. You better know what they're listening to. You better know what they're talking about. You better be able to uh, at least bring it up, even if they, you know, laugh about the fact you don't know as much about it as they do. That stuff matters. All that stuff matters. But, uh, um, again, by the time a head coach makes an in-home visit, there's been a long relationship sure. that's already been established. So that's what I'm saying, eighth, ninth grade for the really great ones, and probably oh, ninth, tenth grade for everyone else. You're working hard on that kid, you know. So I mean, when, by the time you get to the point they're coming to campus, they're almost like family. If if you've done they it, they are right. like family. If you've they done it like right, family. they feel like family. Yeah, and that's why you know they everything no. about them. Yeah. Yeah. Is Coach Pittman having sleepovers, Chuck? Like Jim Harbaugh? <laughs> is Coach staying the night? I don't know. I don't know. It depends on how good he is, I guess. He, uh, Only with the five stars. What was, what was the the Barry Switzer thing? He used to get someone to fake call him back in the day. It's like, oh, there's all kinds of Switzer stories about, you know, pulling the about tra- recruiting. Pulling the, Clay's told us he's pulling well, the trash can beer out so he knows what, what the, the deal was. was on one of those recruits, I guess, that, you know, Switzer was one of his things would he'd have a GA check their trash. And I guess he was out recruiting one player, and they got into the trash. And this is a story. I don't know how true it is, but that, you know, the, the dad drank Schaefer Light. They could tell by the trash the dad drank Schaefer Light. And so Switzer goes in, and, you know, guy says, would you like a beer? And he says, well, only if you drink Schaefer Light. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, you know, you hear stuff like that. And guys have all kinds. Look, every coach has all kinds of tricks. Uh, you better have. I mean, it's just like a good salesman. I mean, it's just like a good salesman. That's what you're doing. You're making an in-home sales call. And, um, you know, so you've uh, – I'm sure a lot of them have tricks. Oh, I mean, you know, Sparky Hamilton's a good good buddy of mine. We're on the same officiating crew. And he said when Houston Nutt and two other assistants showed up, he they opened the door. Coach Nutt walks to the door, moves Sparky right to the side. Just doesn't just ignores him, moves him right. Where does he go? Right to Mama, because he yeah. knew exactly how to recruit. Yeah. 
Sparky's. I mean, that's, that's a story I've heard him tell a few you times. You know, that that's, was that that's nut, knew what funny. to do. He went right to mama. So. Sam Pittman said something Wednesday night that I think that it resonated with me. He said, when you go into these homes, you know, you're showing them the respect that they've earned. And um, most of the, I, I say most of the time, some of the time, when you go recruit a kid, I mean, it's a neighborhood party. I mean, it's a neighborhood party. And these coaches, you know, you got an hour and 15 minutes, hour and a half in there where you're spending 45 minutes saying hello to all the aunties and uncles and cousins and all the people that uh, you got to say hello to while you're in there. And um, But you have to show these, you know, you have to be respectful. I mean, you're not in there to take their son from them. I yeah. mean, in that sense. I mean, you're in there to, you're, you're humbly asking them to let you become part of their family. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a, um, you know, you've got a young person making a life-changing decision right there, and you have to be respectful about that. So Brian Kelly, for example, he was in this uh, five-star offensive lineman in Louisiana's house, and he had eaten like three or four meals that day. And his mom asked him, do you want you want some gumbo or whatever it was and he's like no thank you i've had it. And he's mm-hmm. respectful about it or whatever kid didn't end up going to lsu yeah. and he didn't know his assistants and lsu people were like dude you gotta eat yeah, you everything and you and, won't be part of the family or sure, yeah, however he said it so, but, yeah, you gotta eat the gumbo i wonder, always what, the, gotta eat the gumbo. I wonder what the best thing that sam has had on a recruiting visit i bet he's well, here's the thing you have Southern to understand food. they've spent they, they've spent all day making that yeah. and it's a big deal to them and they've got people over there. It's the biggest night of their lives They're making in some the cases. Coach. And yeah. they've spent all day, they've spent all day getting ready. Well, you better go in there and be a good guest. I and mean, look, these guys are. These yeah. guys are. They know what they're doing. What was it? All Bielema? of them do. Bielema talked when he, uh, was it Froholt, Holtage recruiting, had to eat the prune pie? Yeah, oh, that yeah. sounds you right. Do what you got to do. You do what you, you got to do. do. Let's, yeah. let's say Dylan Sprouts gains 150 pounds of muscle yeah. and sprouts up to 6'5", and... What would Laura cook if Sam came calling? Hmm. Well, her number one thing is her homemade spaghetti sauce. So I, I guess it'd be that spaghetti. I was going to put. Hey, if I was if Chuck Barrett was coming to dinner, we had to really roll out the ritz here. You know, really, really <laughs> impress somebody. You know, yeah. that, that'd be what I'd have her have her fix up. So Sweet. That'd be absolutely that. So, but uh, that that's one of the things in recruiting is uh, yeah, never turn down the gumbo, Chuck. Never. That's right. There's more to it than that. That's, but yeah, a, that's never a rule turned of down the gumbo. Never turn down the gumbo. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I wouldn't turn it down anyway. Hey, let me talk to the people in north central Arkansas just for a second about Baptist Health. You know what I'm talking about. Used to be Baptist Regional Medical Center. Now it's Baptist Health. When it comes to health and healing, compassionate care beyond measure is the mission of Baxter Health. Now, they're a magnet-recognized health care facility. That means they're good. They offer a wide variety of specialized care, neurosurgery, cardiothoracic surgery, interventional cardiology, urology, comprehensive women's health, orthopedics, infectious disease, pain management, list goes on and on. Here's what else they offer. Baxter Health also has family medicine and physical therapy clinics. They're open right now. They're accepting new patients. They're in 11 counties in Arkansas and Missouri. If you'd like more information on that, you can visit BaxterHealth.org. Baxter Health, compassionate care beyond measure. I'll see there's another Indiana Jones coming out. How old is Harrison Ford? He's in the new He's Yellowstone. In his 80s. I mean, I saw this trailer. It's... I, this. I, I, I mean, I'm going to go watch it because I love Harrison Ford. Indiana Jones, 
in the Dial of Destiny, OAN Theaters, June 30th, 2023. You guys like hey, Indian? People pay $500 to watch the Rolling Stones, and they're, they're in their 70s. I mean, it's a timeless world now. How old do you think Harrison Ford is? You said 80-something, right? I mean, he looks late 70s. 74. 79? Born in 42, so I guess that'd make him 80. So, wow. Wow. July 13th to 42. I give credit. We're, we're talking about these coaches. Calista Flockhart, guys. Oh, I mean, come on. <laughs> it's Harrison Ford. He's Indiana young. Jones. Yeah. Are you going to watch the new Yellowstone I'm, series with him? Oh, the new Yellowstone series? 1923. I have liked everything they've done in that series. Yeah, Sheridan's a genius. Um, Yellowstone this year's. It hadn't went off the chain or anything. It, it's 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 good. I ain't, I ain't gotten the script so crazy. So the Monica, Casey. you Yellowstone guy, Chuck? No, I haven't watched it. Mm-hmm. I've heard lots of people say good things about it. I haven't watched it. The Monica Casey storyline's kind of weird, but outside of that, it's not. Chuck, it's worth yeah. your time. Don't listen to Clay. It's a good binge he, uh, series in the summer. Or something when 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 things calm down for you. Clay didn't like it for some. I thought that would be right oh, up Clay's he's alley. Cr- he's critical of the writing. You know, the writing wasn't good. <laughs> what did he? It just sounds something like what Clay would say. What did right? he say? It was a copy of. He he's described it. He, he described it as something else. But I was surprised. Now I will say the writing's too predictive. I think he said Ted and I, or sorry, Clay and I, completely agree about Ted Lasso. That's the next series once Yellowstone's over that I'm going to binge watch. Ted Lasso is fantastic. I, I watched Ted team. Lasso. Y'all, I have I have, I have watched the Ted Lasso series. It's yeah. it's, it's good. Great. It's uh it's good. You got every streaming service, I guess. For I know Apple you can't, TV. Yeah, well, I've got I don't know. I've got Netflix, and then you got the Hulu bundle or whatever with Disney. And all, I don't know what all, but we don't have Apple. That's one I know we don't have. So I got Apple. Well, I've borrow, got Apple. Borrow TV, Chuck's yeah. account. Yeah, you can do that. Get that login from you there. That's right. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I just thought that was crazy that it. As you just mentioned, eighty years old. And I know they did the film in the past year or so, but that's it's wild. I'm not. A, I mean, I've watched those, but I mean, that's not like I'm, I'm dying for the next one to come out. Really, Indiana Jones and then Star Wars. I I am not a Star Wars guy. I know people. I saw the first one. I yeah. saw the first one of all. I saw the first Indiana Jones. I saw the first Star Wars. But after that, it, you know, yeah. it was like, well, maybe. But well, don't you know, watch the. It's hard to top the first one. Don't watch the next three Star Wars that just came out. They're horrible, but. I mean, Harrison. You don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about that. I won't. He's timeless, man. He just, he's good at any role he's in. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. 
GoPascal.com. Have you tried Binville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Binville Brewing. I have a moral question to ask you two as we get going in hour number three. And I need you to be honest. <laughs> you ready? Okay, yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're talking about the U.S. and the Netherlands. I just got this tweet sent to me that the flu has apparently hit the Dutch camp. Now, I'm usually team never root for injuries in any case or sickness in this matter. But in this case, since they're playing mm. the United States of America in red, white, and blue. You're glad they're sick is what I'm, you're saying. I'm asking you, is that okay for me to be okay with them being sick? Moral question, and I need. Well, Ty, I never it. operated from the assumption that you had really high morals. Oh, I mean, nothing personal. I mean, you work in radio. I mean, how high can the bar be? But well, you um, said it, Chuck. I figured I it was think really that, high. Um, I think that um, you know, I don't think you ought to root for guys to get sick. Well, I can tell you this: the uh, the flu has hit the craft camp this week, and uh, uh. my wife's had I, I don't know it's flu or whatever, but she's she's been on two or three days, and I think we probably all know somebody who's either been sick themselves or got a family member like me that's had it it's been it's been rough for a lot of people this week so if that's what they have usa usa i don't see how they could i don't know how you could play even though michael jordan once had a famous game with the flu i guess so the consensus is still shouldn't be okay with this yeah, well, i hope they i hope they're better for next time uh, so. next next game yeah. in four years yeah but just not yeah, there is no just tomorrow. not tomorrow yeah. okay all right i can hey, whatever it takes i can live with that Whatever it takes. I love that. So, football Fridays brought to you by QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in advanced regenerative medicine. Their unique protocols use healing agents from your own body to target the aching joints in your body to repair and restore that damaged tissue so you can move again. You can play golf. You can climb that tree stand. You can do that yard work or that gardening work next summer without all the pain that you've went through shoulder pain hip pain backs and knees arthritis pain the future of, jo- of joint pain management is right here in northwest arkansas appointments are available for the coming week call 479-999-1234 that's 999-1234 for qc kinetics so the first round of the college football playoff in 2024 newly expanded college football playoff will take place on december the 21st now it's going to be either at the home field of the higher seeded team or at another site designated by that higher seed institution. I would think all these colleges are going to do it at the uh, home yeah, stadium. I mean, that's just right? a caveat in okay. case they in case they could move it to a nearby pro stadium. Let's just say Vanderbilt. Cool. Let's just say the world goes on its ear and Vanderbilt gets into the college football playoff. Well, they may, and they're the higher seed. They may want to move that over to the NFL stadium to sell more tickets. So, I mean, they don't have a very big stadium, but that's going to be the rare exception, I think, Chuck. Yeah, that's not going to happen very often. You've right. got a few college teams that play in, like, Pitt. You know, you got some places that, you know, they may share the stadium with an NFL team. But, that, yeah, that's that's almost baseball-like. If you don't have the facility, you can move it to a different spot. But if you get into the college football playoff, you're going to want to play on your home field, that's for sure. Yeah. Forgive my ignorance. Guys, remind me, who's the Walden that just bought the Broncos? 
Well, he's not your buddy? No, I wish he was. That'd be kind of cool. But when he eventually brings the team from Denver to Benville and they become the <laughs> Benville Broncos, I would think Is maybe. that what they're building out there yeah. uh, off exit 85? See, the, is the that Walmart, a new stadium there? The oh. Walmart <laughs> facility is just a facade. They're actually building a new stadium for the Benville Broncos <laughs> out there. And so in this case, they're going to build a 100,000-seat stadium. And Arkansas, when they make the playoff in 2030, they're going to play there instead of Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. I like your thinking. I hope, just I hope it works out just the way you planned it. So, what, what do we think about that? That was something a lot of college football people were discussing: the idea of playing these games at home. Is that a is that an untapped resource that we have not seen in college football? And I guess I mean you have in college baseball, but you don't have in college basketball either. Well, you can't have. You know, you're not going to play the entire playoff on a neutral field. Um, you know, there's. There's not, uh, you know, the NCAA basketball tournament, you're at a neutral site, but this isn't going to be that way. Um, frankly, because, you know, the truth is if the NCAA tournament had early rounds at home arenas, they might have more people actually in the arena than they do. But um, now you're going to want to play at your home stadium. And, um, you know, what I'm going to be interested to see is, you know, what happens when some of these southern teams go play a northern team and it's snowing. I mean, you know, you got lots of snow games in the NFL playoffs, and you're going to be playing at the same time of year now, and you're going to have Big Ten teams in this. You're going to have teams from the north. You're going to have southern teams going up there and playing in the snow. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I do think bringing home field into this is, is significant. I'm glad they're doing it. I, I, I think it's going to make for the best atmospheres. So we're talking about not next season but the following season, 24 into 25 for this uh this newly coming on the way expanded playoff. So here's my question, Chuck. The SEC is scheduled to have Oklahoma and Texas join the league for the 25 season. Does the shift in the television contracts, the bowl contracts, the the landscape of college football, does that accelerate Oklahoma and Texas joining one year sooner perhaps? Well, you know, I've thought from the very beginning that this thing wouldn't drag out to 2025, and yet, you know, you've not heard any kind of announcement regarding that. The SEC is going to release their new schedule format, I'm going to guess, in January. If it's not in January, it'll be in February. It's coming. And I was reading a story in The Athletic about it, and um, um, I think that's going to accelerate a lot of the conversation. Obviously, they've, uh, I mean, you're not just making your schedule out for 2023. I mean, you've, you know, you don't just start at the end of 23 working on 24. I mean, they've already got that mapped out. And so there's going to be a lot more conversation about this, I think, after the first of the year. I still have always felt, like I say, that it would be before 2025, but we've not seen anything concrete on this yet. I mean, we've seen next year's schedules already released, so we know what they are, and they're not on them. So yeah. So for 24, you can work on it. But to me, what always had to get in line was the TV contracts and get that all done. Well, the you know, if you're ESPN, Fox, CBS, you want a piece of this new playoff. So until you could figure out where you're at there, negotiating all the particulars, and ESPN's just got to, I guess, adjust the contract with the SEC to include Oklahoma and Texas. There will be some changes there. But to me, that's what's got to happen. And Oklahoma and Texas have to figure out what's it going to cost to leave the league maybe a year earlier. I'm just wondering if all that gets massaged. And then on top of that, probably some non-conference games for these schools are going to have to be paid. You're going to have to pay some contracts to get out of that. You probably will. I mean, and uh, here's the thing. There's plenty of money to go around. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just the truth. And ESPN's going to maneuver this the way they want. And everybody else is going to say, okay. 
and that's just kind of how it works right now. But, you know, as I say, I, I've, I've always believed this would happen before 2025. I do think once we get past the first of the year, you'll hear a lot more conversation about this. Now, if the committee's smart, in, in my opinion, the smart move would be to take the NFL approach, and I think they will on these playoff games, and they will not partner with just one network. Yeah, they're going to use the yeah. NFL model 100%. Yeah, what you said. I, I think they'll that would maximize the money that's out there by, because what ES could, ESPN could pay less than having the whole thing, but pay more than, you know, the, the sum of all those parts may be greater uh, together if they, they go to the three networks. Question is who's going to get the final. I think it'll be something like what they do where they rotate the Super Bowl around. Chuck, they'll rotate the national championship game. Around. They may very well do that. I, I I find it hard to believe ESPN will have all this. I just I mean, just virtually impossible. Bill, when you think about the money they're spending to no, have just right. the SEC. How much? I yeah. mean, trees don't grow to the sky. The money it, they do they do not have the Federal Reserve here, behind them printing money. Here's what's going to be interesting: the Big Ten has now no network affiliations with the ESPN as of next year. We got CBS and Fox. You've talked about this. I think we mentioned how much of ESPN programming is going to be geared towards basically the SEC and the ACC. I mean, I would, virtually all. There'll be some for the American, and maybe some Big 12. I'm not sure what's going to become of the Big 12's TV situation. Uh, well, I mean, you're going to promote the games that you're carrying. I don't know that on Sports Center they're necessarily going to, like, you know, not report on the Big Ten, things of that nature. I, I, I think some of that can be overstated. But I do think all the networks will have some piece of this. Some, uh, you know, Fox is going to be a player. Obviously, ESPN and CBS are going to be players. And um, I don't see one network having it all. I, I posed the question before, is it smart to do what the SEC is doing, to put all your eggs in one basket, being ESPN, or is it better to do what other conferences are doing and spread it out a little bit? Now, time will tell on that, but I think it is the smarter move, well, like you're saying, with the – college football play this has needed to happen for a while they've needed to spread games of consequence out on other networks particularly now that we have this 12 team playoff starting in 2024 well never forget and we've talked about it before never forget we are fascinated with espn but the reality is you look at the biggest numbers out there of the games that are watched every year in college football and certainly the nfl does this too i mean it's the it's it, you know it's it it's CBS, Fox, ABC. Those are the you know those are the networks that ultimately bring in the biggest numbers. Yeah, Fox dominated this past month. Well, it's over the, the World Cup and and various other things. Yeah. They because yeah. you just pop it on. I mean, anyone can get a box. It's a little more well, different to get know, cable and stuff. Keep in mind this: forty two million forty two million people watched the Cowboys game the other day. I mean, the highest football has been about twelve or fifteen, and that was on ESPN. I mean, you just. You can't match those over-the-air television numbers. You just can't on a cable channel. No, because every you know, with, with people cutting the cord and the way things have went, you can you know we, we discount the the old rabbit ears, but you know people still have TV you know th that you can get over the air. I was in a meeting the other day, and there's a part of our state around Mena, and down there 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 is no over-the-air television available at all for in a in an area that covers about 120,000 Arkansans. Well, and, and it's the biggest they're mark trying to fix right now, so. And in the biggest markets in America, you still have a lot of people that are no, you know, they have cable or dish or direct TV. I mean, they just don't. Yeah. And uh, not, you know, we live in a rural part of America. Um, they're not targeting us, frankly. Yeah. But um, um, in your metropolitan areas, those over-the-air channels dominate. Yeah. So it will, uh, 
It will be interesting. But let's also not forget their business model. You know, if you've got ESPN and, uh, you know, not the over the air as much, uh, but but even to some degree, you pay part of your subscription to Dish, Direct, whatever you got. So at some point, while we think all this is great, it's going to, you know, it's going to, to lead to your cable saying, bill, your streaming bill, your package, whatever it is, however you get your TV is going to go up as a result of all of costs these. Costs are going to rise? Costs are going to rise as the cost for them to carry the games go up. Again? They have to. That's no fun. They do not make all their money with these networks on selling advertising. They make it with they should pay. They should pay Herbie and Fowler and all those guys less so we don't have to be on the backs of that, Tommy. It's a drop in the bucket compared to what all these rights fees. How much do you think Herbie's making now? That he's doing Thursday night football, college game day, best game on ABC. He's making plenty. So. Nice. Making plenty. He's working a lot, though. But uh, Chuck, basketball tomorrow, uh, 3 o'clock, San Jose State. These Saturday games, I think, where people are really focused in on. You, you're a week out from playing Oklahoma, and I think a lot of people will sit up and take notice of what happens over in Tulsa. But um, I still wonder about Devo. He's back with the team. He released that statement. I'm going to find it interesting to see does he start, how much he plays. I think that's that's something I'll be paying attention to tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, that's when a, when someone misses a game and they've been away for personal reasons. I mean, you do kind of, you know, wonder, um, you know, what their, what their playing time is going to be like the next day uh, or the next game. I think the thing with, with, with Devo and really all the guys when you get in a situation like this anywhere, I mean, um, who's playing at the end? I mean, it's, uh, you know, if he doesn't start, he's going to play. I mean, it's, 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 it's not like, you know, you're going to – you're going to go without Devo. Um, if he's there and he's available, you're going to play him. Again, it may not be as a starter. I don't know. I, I mean, they're going to have to figure out at some point when Smith comes back, who's going to be the guy coming off the bench? Who's going to be the sixth man, so to speak? So, I mean, it's uh, – um, but I think um, I think everything's fine there. I think Devo will play tomorrow, and I think we'll – you know, by the time we get to the end of the month, you know, our attention is going to be on a lot of other things. So – We'll be Gus Arginal, Keith Smart, and Anthony Ruta for a sec. Must ask at the end of the game, guys, who should our in-game lineup be? Who should it be based on who you've seen? Let's say, let's say Nick is not at, at this point tomorrow night because he's still recovering. Well, let's say Nick's you out start of the with Anthony Black. That's the first okay. easy answer, right? Well, if Trevin... you got two eyeballs, you say Ricky Council and Anthony Black. Right. Okay. I mean, if you're blind, you might pick somebody else. But if you've watched them play, you'd say Council and Black. And then from there, I'm going Trevin Brazil would be the okay. next name. That's I would... three. So, or the other two? Well, I, mean, I think it depends on what, what you're dealing with. Do you want to go with another big and, and put Mitchell in? Um, well, you're the assistant coach. You tell you, you help me out, coach. Well, I mean, who am I playing? What, what's their lineup? How many guards do they have on the floor versus big guys on the floor? That That's going to determine. you tell me you hadn't scouted San Jose State yet, coach? Or are you talking about this specific yeah, game? this Saturday. No, I haven't scouted okay. San Jose State. I'll be, I'll be I, real honest and with I, you. I know Coach said last... It's a bigger lineup. I'm putting one of the Mitchells in. I'm probably putting Mackay Mitchell Do you in. challenge that bigger lineup, though? Coach talked about last week that he's thinking they might go bigger. and how, You were talking about putting Kamani in, one of the Mitchell twins in, Mackay or Mikel. But I, I, I tend to think at the end of the season, their in-game lineup's going to be Trevin at the five, Jordan at the four, Ricky at the three, Nick at the two, and Anthony at the one. You can't guard all those guys. You just can't. And they might give up some rebounds here and there, but I don't know how you defend that lineup at the end of the game. That's what I think that's going to be their tournament lineup. That's what I think that's going to be their postseason lineup when we come to season's end. I do not know how you defend that as an opposing coach. 
So, Chuck, I think one of the interesting things, and and you've got a really smart coaching staff here. How do you attack when when teams are playing zone and pack the lane? Can Brazil be a good enough three point shooter to draw a guy out and open up some lanes? I think all of that's interesting moving forward, and how um, Arkansas attacks maybe some different looks defensively they're going to get. They're going to see everything. I mean, teams are going to throw the kitchen sink at them this year defensively because they're going to have to. Um, I think so far, you know, Troy played a good bit of zone the other night, and uh, obviously they'll play better teams than that, although Troy's not bad. Um, I thought they attacked the zone pretty well. Um, You know, traditionally think, well, when they play zone, you got to shoot well. Well, teams match up out of that zone. It's, It's not like they're just saying, you go ahead and shoot a three. Um, you know, Key's getting the ball in the middle of the floor, and they did that. And uh, they got the ball to the foul line. Um, they passed well off the baseline. Um, I thought they, I thought they attacked the zone effectively. Now, you know, um, not everybody's going to play zone. And despite what we think, um, you know, Anthony Black's not going to beat everybody off the dribble. Nick Smith's not going to beat everybody off the dribble. There's scholarship players and five stars on other teams too. So uh, uh, it's not going to be automatic to say that, um, you know, Anthony Black or Nick Smith, that they're going to be able to take any player in the SEC anytime they want. I, that's just not true. Um, they're they're, they're going to get stopped some, but um, they will see everything defensively. There's a lot of good coaches in our league. I mean, I think about Rick Barnes. Um, he, he can dial up a defense on you. Um, there's, there's a lot of great coaches in our league. So... Um, it's not going to be automatic, but I think from what I've seen so far, um, I, as I say, it's a small sample size, but I thought they attacked the zone pretty well the other night. You know, we know what Kamani's done the last couple. Didn't play the first two games, comes in, makes the biggest shot in Maui, then gets 32 minutes against Troy. Uh, you know, is he going to be up and down with him, Chuck, or do you think he's going to be more consistent with the minutes? <laughs> Maybe. You know, he played starters minutes the other night. He played yeah. 32 minutes. Right. The thing about Maui was, you know, I think we saw the effect of three straight games on basketball teams. I mean, when I watched the San Diego State game, Kamani came in. He was the only one out there with fresh legs. And that really showed on the offensive glass. I mean, you had two teams that were just dog-tired. And um, I thought Kamani came in, and Musk talked about it on the pre-game, or the post-game show. He said, I got to get, you know, we had to get somebody in there that – had some energy, and I thought under the circumstances he could take advantage of all that was going on, and he did. Uh, they play starters minutes against Troy. You know, I don't know. Uh, it's kind of what you said a minute ago about end of the game. I, I, I think different games will dictate how he plays. The thing about Kamani is you know what you're going to get, and you know when he comes on the floor what he's going to bring. You may not need that in a particular moment in one game as much as you need it in a, you know the moments of the next game. So... I think Kamani is one of those guys that we might see him play eight minutes one night, and we might see him play 30 the next, or you might not see him play for two games, and then he comes in and he's the star of the game. So um, I think from a coaching perspective, it's a, there's a comfort in having a player like that, that when you need that type role, when you need that type role player in a particular game, you know he's going to bring it. And he's and his plus minus in the night, guys, was 14. He was plus yeah, 14 when he was on. He's not going to back down yeah. from Oscar Sheboy when you play Kentucky twice this year. He's not going to back down from Colin Castleton when you play Florida this year. I know Auburn's got that good bid men that they added, and Tennessee's got that year's law, Plavik, or however you say his name. He's not. He's, what, 6'7", 6'8"? 
But you're not ever going to be like, oh, Kamani's not giving 100% tonight. That's a big deal well, just for the team well, overall. Well, yes, 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 you're right. But, you know, it's 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 some have said that you're the big man in the SEC. I mean, you get a lot of good big men around the league this year. And Kamani can pound. He can give you four fouls. Um, he can go in there and get you some offensive rebounds. He can change the way you have to play inside against Arkansas because he is rough and tumble. And... Um, He's, you know, he's a valuable part of this team in terms of what the minutes look like, though. I don't know because, you know, we're going to get into games that, very frankly, matter more than some that we've played so far. And I think answering the question, who is Arkansas's best big man right now, is maybe not easy to answer. Guard situation may be a little easier to get to the bottom of that. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.